Hello, and welcome back to the Palatinitis podcast. We said we'd be back, and we didn't lie, because here we are. Eventually. Oh, my, eventually. Right. Oh, uh, my name is Anna. And I'm Jeff. And this, I don't even want to say this week, in this particular episode, <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be talking really just about racing. None of the other news. It's going to be the straight dope. Pure dope. <laughs> Beyond race, Pure racing. LA, the odd couple episode. What? The odd couple episode of Bjorn Reese and Oleg. Oh, boy. Yeah. No, we're not talking about that. Ne-ne, Definitely ne-ne, not. Ne-ne, <laughs> we're not talking about any of that other stuff. Because we have really important things to do in our life. <laughs> and... Definitely does not include, I don't know, worrying about that kind of stuff. Wake up before the sun and watch racing. Oh, yeah. Well, you get to wake up before the sun anyway. (laughs) I don't have to. You're special. (laughs) That's right. Okay. So how do you want to start? (laughs) Do you want to go back in the future, into the past? Or do you want to start? Do you want to go in? The, oh no! Here, let me rephrase that. Do you want to go in the way far past or in just a little bit of the past? Let's go in the way back machine, Mister Wizard. Way back. <laughs> Get into the DeLorean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll start with Milan San Remo because that was the last race we. Wow. I don't even, well, whatever the last race was, this is the race after it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, oh, the last race we did, I guess, was Toronto, Perry Nice. That's what was happening yeah. last time. Anyway, all right, Milan San Remo. <laughs> on it, on it. Um, I feel like of all of the races we've had so far, I mean, of the races we're going to talk about in this particular segment episode. In this it was episode. episode. Oh, that's not true. I don't want to say it was the least interesting one we've had so far, but it just, I don't know. It didn't seem that. There are other ones that stand out to be slightly more interesting to me than what we've talked about. I mean, it basically ended in a bunch sprint um, with Degan and Cole winning. Yeah, it did. It did come back together more than everybody had hoped. Yeah, and there was a lot of talk of the different finale and whether that made a difference or not. I don't think so. I mean, they talk about that every year. You know, I feel like every year it's did it make a difference? You know, change it back, change it back. I don't know. So I what, just feel like what was the big story ahead. for Milan San Remo for you? Um. Let's see. Two. Okay. Was that weird three-man Sky TT. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And Gilbert attacking on the Poggio. Even though nothing (laughs) came of it. (laughs) I really admired his... I admired his moxie. Okay. For doing that. What about you? Well, Luca Paolini seemed unstoppable. Um, yeah. 
was it Eptopogio pulling everybody back to was it us and Thomas? Uh-huh. Yep. That was insane. I thought those two were clear and he just kept powering up and everybody just hung on him. And then he was still there in the in the sprint pulling Kristoff to the line trying to with whatever he had left, but that just seemed superhuman, crazy effort, unbelievable. Uh just yeah, everybody just noticed the the power he had that day and it was it was uh pretty amazing perhaps it was a sign of things to come well yeah <laughs> <laughs> a bit of foreshadowing if uh, you will yeah <laughs> um well, I, I would thought, agree with that yeah I thought Austin Thomas had it clear when they made it over the top um, for everybody else to jump back on. And, well, then the other thing I was going to bring up was, like you mentioned, the sky crash that caused three of the sky guys to be out front all of a sudden. That's happened. Right. I thought it's happened more than I thought. Okay, and I'll get back to that. <laughs> but there's this thing I've been noticing in a couple races this year, and it's almost like somebody gets thrown out in front. And then what do they decide to do when that happens? And the first first case was the three sky guys. It's like, well, this isn't our tactic, you know, but all of a sudden we're out in front. What do we do? And I think at that point they just kind of looked at each other and said, well, let's kind of soft TT a little bit, not work too hard because we need to save some energy. But, yeah, that just seemed kind of weird. I would agree. And then at the bottom of the descent, right before they hit the flat to the finish, it happened to Sagan. And all of a sudden, everybody kind of sits up, and he gets kind of thrown out in front. And he almost didn't know what to do at that point. And I think that close to the line with his kind of power for the short distance, I just think he should have gone for it right at that split second and caught people off guard. And I think that the thing I keep thinking of is, um, well, this is probably before your time. Hang on a sec. Yeah, I know. I'm really young. <laughs> Do you remember F Troop? No. No. Okay. It was a bad old sitcom. And it was kind of slapsticky and everything. And one of the things they would do is, like, you know, okay, we need a volunteer to step forward to go on this patrol or something, you know. And everybody's standing in line and everybody takes a step backward and one guy's just standing there, right? (laughs) And that's what I feel like has been happening in all these races. Like everybody just sits up for a split second and all of a sudden somebody's all of a sudden found themselves in the lead. Um, And when it happened to Sagan, I just, I couldn't believe he didn't just go for it. He sat up and went right back into the bunch and then, you know, he's got all those sprinters there. Um, and I thought that's what happened to Paulini in Gant Wabelgum, but when I watched the video, that mm-hmm. wasn't what happened. We'll we'll talk about that later, but it's just that that weird thing that happens every now and then. It's like everybody sits up, and all of a sudden, it's like, "Hey, wait, I'm out in front. What do I do?" Yeah. 
You're kind of right. Did you notice that at all? Have you noticed that in different races? Um, now that you say it, I can see where that's happened a few times. And sometimes you're right. They make it work, but sometimes it's like Sagan where he's like, what do I do now? And then he's like, or like, they're like, they decide they don't have the legs. So they're like, okay, I'm just going to sit up and let them catch me. But yeah, that does seem to be kind of a strange phenomenon happening. But it's, you know, I feel like it's just another one of those situations of luck or not luck, but just happenstance that yeah. happens all the time in riding. So, I don't know. But the thing with Milan San Remo is so long and, you know, we're sitting there as fans going, why can't he attack now? Why can't he sprint now? It's like, because they're completely wasted. Right. And I think we saw that with some of the other races later. Yeah. Like, you know, um, where that kind of happens, where they're just too wasted to mm-hmm to make an effort even if they want to from our couches yeah. it seems so easy i know and we're selfish because we want an exciting race you know <laughs> Yep. i mean i will admit that i am selfish like that i like those but you know you got to sit through the kind of boring races sometimes to be rewarded every once in a while with sure. a really good one so i don't know can't complain too much i guess so yeah, I remember when that th- when that three person TT that Sky TT happened. It was really weird at first because it's like, what the fuck are these guys doing? Like, why are they doing this like little mini TT? I don't understand. Um, but going when I was watching a video again of it, it looked like one of their own guys. There was four of them off the front. It was Puccio. Yeah, like slid out on the descent, and so then they it was kind of like what you were saying. They were just kind of out there in front, and they're like, well, I guess we'll just go with it. <laughs> right, right. So, but I think it, I don't know. But they didn't really put to... the hammer down. They just, I mean, everybody seemed to nah. get all over Twitter like they were, but I, it didn't seem like, it was like, no, this isn't our plan. <laughs> we can't do this. It's yeah. Not, it's not in the rule book. It was hard to tell. I couldn't really tell how hard they were working because sometimes they all look like they're working hard you know when they're in that kind of like especially when the weather's not great everyone looks like they're working really hard even yeah i just felt like they wanted the other group to come back to them i mean yeah but i think i think it hurt them a little bit in the end because well but then there was that weird thing where so they all the sky riders come back and then there were an, when they're on, I don't know, sometime before the Poggio Os ta- attacks, and then Thomas joins him. Right. So then they're kind of going up the Poggio together, and Katusha, kind of like what you're saying, um, who was it? Not Pauline, uh, Christoph, was it? That pulled Katusha, you know, basically Christoph who pulled them back. It was Paulini pulled them back. Paulini, sorry. Christoph was sorry. almost dropped on the Suppressa, I think. Right. I can't keep yeah. those two straight. <laughs> They're like both Italian. The guys in ugly helmets. Ugh. That does not narrow it down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the saddest uh, thing for all the racing that's happened so far to me is that with Katusha's success, I guess those ugly helmets work. 
Yeah. I got to say, though, their their kits are a lot better this year. I really am into their kits this year, more so than in the past. Okay. I don't know what it is. But, I mean, the helmets, I've kind of resigned myself to. Those aren't going away. So, what are you going to do? Nothing. Just accept it. <laughs> um, do we have to have skateboard helmets in the Peloton, though? <laughs> it's, it's all cyclical. I mean, eventually we'll probably go back Please. to just the... What were they called? The like the sausage link helmets? The hairnets? <laughs> the hairnet. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I think is cool so, I mean, about the new Jiro win is it kind of has that same look to it. Oh. It's kind of minimal and has those same lines. But no, thanks. I'm an old grumpy dude, so. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wear my helmet. My hairnet. <laughs> I'll wear you kids and your fangled newfangled helmets get me out of here don't need no arrow advantage <laughs> no you do not all the beards in the peloton clearly makes you yeah what is you with that beard. and marginal gains um, and beards it's those, bullshit those don't That's go together come on yeah i know <laughs> they clearly aren't reading the marginal gains i want to win tunnel test on Sky. beards yeah uh-huh well, which is I kind of funny because um, Wiggins has been rocking a beard for a while now. Mm-hmm. So I guess once he won, he's kind of out. He's like, oh, I don't need to worry about this marginal gain stuff anymore. So yeah, I thought his would be gone, but it's not. No, I like it. I'm I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan. You know, it's not too bushy. It's, it's full. You know, so I'm a fan. Yeah, I guess uh, I'm not a fan of beards. In the Peloton. Oh. <laughs> but I think actually his is the one Why? I can kind of deal with. I don't know. It just seems wrong. It does seem very masculine. It reminds it me of American bit... Flyers and the Russian guy that comes up to the line with the beard. That's all <laughs> I can think of is just shave that thing off. What's his name? Yuri. Yuri something, I think. I'm I'm okay with it, but it is a little weird to see because you don't really see a lot of facial hair in cycling. I mean, you you know, I think because of the whole, I don't know, maybe because of the whole marginal gains thing or not, but, you know, mustaches every once in a while, but really just in the past year or two, it's really been the full beards have been coming back. Right. Coming right. back. Well, I don't even know if they were there, but it's been the style. It, but it was, it is jarring to see. And you can't think, you have to think that's not, like, especially when it's so hot out. But Paulini has been rocking the beard oh, for a while. Yeah. Paulini? <laughs> yeah. He's been rocking that beard for a while, and he, even in the summer, he doesn't seem to get rid of it. So, clearly it doesn't bother him that much. Well, in the summer, he's doing the Dos Equis commercials. That's what I figured out. <laughs> oh, my God. He does kind of look like that guy, doesn't he? <laughs> I'm sure he's a lot I need shorter. To yeah, I did not helmet on top of that guy. <laughs> I don't always win races, but when I do, <laughs> it's it's in the worst weather possible. Yeah, that nah, wasn't that was kind of lame. That was that wasn't a good one. <laughs> All right, I sometimes I'm not so good at coming up with like the funny quips on the fly. Oh, you're good. <laughs> oh, thanks. So yeah, Milan San Remo. Degen right. Kolb got his win. That was, yep. I think, that was cool to see. Um, the kid gets a monument. That's huge. 
right? The kid. Yeah. The kid. Is he... I don't know. I don't, well, it wasn't a Cancel or a Boonin or a, you know... No, a, no. It's just kind of like... expected name. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. He's been winning a lot of stuff. So... Yeah. It doesn't feel that... I'm not like, oh, yeah, Devin Cole again. <laughs> <laughs> God, Devin Cole. Give some Devin stash. Give someone else a chance every once in a while. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> not really. Well, kind of, but not. All right. <laughs> okay, we've spent way too much time talking about that and beards and all sorts of ridiculous things. Are we going to That's talk the about Dwarves? That is the podcast, <laughs> you're right. That's <laughs> our new motto. <laughs> Pelotonized podcast. Ridiculous things. All right. Are we going to talk about Dwarves or Flanderin? I got nothing. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch it. And I haven't even a hard time coming up with a recap of it. I'm sure people have read the results. Okay. The only thing I want to say about that is... It was won by a top sport Vlandering oh, guy. Yeah. Um, shoot, what was his first name? Uh, Yelly. Wallace? Am I totally making that up? Oh, I think you that got sounds it. good to yeah. me. Right? And like the picture of him <laughs> on Cycling News. It's pretty awesome. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that expression is, oh my God, it's the best expression I've ever seen in my life. It was amazing. <laughs> That's a desktop right there, yeah. It kind of is. I mean, you can, like, frame that. I mean, look at how excited that kid is. It's amazing. How old is he? Do we know? I don't know. But that's Me why either. we have Google. It's too much work. I don't really Age care. 25. Oh, wow. Oh, really? 1989, that's... May 11th. So it's his birthday that's... coming up. Or just, yeah. Yeah. That's a little bit um, older than I would have thought, actually. So, he even beat Kwiatkowski. What? Wait, no, he beat... Oh. Yeah, Kwiatkowski was there. I guess there was a final four. Dylan Van Barl. And, oh, Thunes. Edward Thunes. Tunes. They don't have that TH sound. Okay. Anywho, doesn't matter. All right, that's all we got to say about that. Um, how about E3 Harobeka? Nope. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> the only thing we're going to say about that I'll is that it was one by... <laughs> is, um Garrett Thomas. So that's the only thing interesting to me that came out. I mean, not even came out, but that I saw. Obviously, it was super duper super duper uber excited that Garen Thomas won. So I was pretty excited. He won oh, yeah, something. He, yeah. he won something. And and not only did he win, but he beat out Stebar and Sagan for it. Okay. I mean, come on. That's amazing. <laughs> it sounded like he... Well, he's been riding amazing. It's just Sky's tactics somehow oh, for sure. seem to not be helping him too much. Well, I think it's more just like... he. I even read a little article about you know, kind of like, oh, do you want to grant t- want to want to run a grand tour someday? And he's like, well, yeah. He's like, but when you're on a team like Sky, it's kind of hard to be get designated a leader. You know, mm-hmm. if it's not Froome, it's Port. So, and they're both, 
really on form. Oh, I think I, I think he's being looked at. You know, he's Oh no, as I'm not soon as they he's... falter, he's there ready to go and he's proven right. that he can do that. So yeah. I mean he's laying the groundwork really well. So that's No, good. I, I don't disagree with mm-hmm. you. Um, but I think that, you know, it's still a little ways off for that kind of stuff to happen. Right. I mean, certainly not this year. And he also had a comment. He's like, when you're on form this early, early in the season, like, you can't be expected to, you know, it's, it's a pretty big ass to hold it all the way through to the Vuelta. Right. So, um, <clears throat> anyway, we'll talk more about, maybe we'll talk more about him later. But anyway, that was very exciting. Just really excited he won. He's a great guy. He's, just seems really nice. Nice guys do finish first sometimes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so <laughs> guys that Anna likes no. do finish first sometimes. I know. <laughs> I do have a little bit of a crush on him. Well, he used to do those like <laughs> funny little videos where he would like interview people on his team on Sky, like asking them silly questions. Oh, I missed this. Oh, I'll it was a while ago. I don't think he's done them in a while, but be like, "What's the manliest thing you've done?" You know, things like that. And <laughs> Chris Froome's like, "I wrestled an alligator," or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty funny uh so ever since then i've had a little bit of crush on him <laughs> oh he's been riding really well so yeah, far this season sure. it just hasn't yeah. paid off except for that race yeah no i mean he rides well a lot so it's just a little bit of luck yeah. he's got to have good form and luck at the same time <laughs> well you've got so... it figured out I do. There you go. <laughs> Why don't I win more races? <laughs> oh, right, because I am slow. <laughs> um, all right, so the next race is Ghent Bevelgem, which we can talk about Yay. because I did watch this one. <laughs> did you watch this oh, one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I did. All right, so basically the weather was terrible. Which is um, awesome. Yes, for us. Uh, it was only 39 finishers. Yeah. I mean, so it was like super, super windy, which meant there were a lot of crashes, which meant there was a lot of abandons, plus the wind, so the wind and the rain. Oh, that was the one where they were getting blown off the road, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're literally like <laughs> riding sideways. It's like, did you ever see that one video? I mean, there's a couple of them. One, I think they were like in Netherlands or something. And he's trying to get on his bike, but, like, the wind keeps blowing it up. So, <laughs> like, it can't keep it on the ground long enough to, like, get on the bike. Oh, no. It's kind of like that. So, it was basically a messy race, really fast riding, lots of echelons, lots of breaking up of groups, all the things. So, basically, so Paulini mm-hmm. and his beard um, took this race, uh... Paulini was clever and strong. Oh, I forgot one thing you also have to have is you have to be smart. And, like, you have to have, like, the tactical um, new to get it. Anyway, and Paulina had all of those things. Again, bubble again. Clever and strong and, and tactically smart. Like, he got into the right chase group. Um, he was dropped when, when they went over the Kemmelberg one of the times either the first or second time I don't remember but he just kind of paced himself he he didn't blow himself up he's like I'm you know slow and steady um 
got back into the main group, um, timed his attack not just perfectly, and then took advantage in a very subtle way of the sort of the little bit of sitting up behind, like who? What do we do now? Do we chase him? You know, who's gonna chase? Whatever, and just kind of slowly accelerated away, and he was gone. Yeah, that was like I didn't, I didn't think he was gonna make it. Because he was with Terpster on that, right? Or who was he with? Yeah. And so there was like three groups of two that were separated by about 50 yards each. Yeah. Just a couple seconds between. Yes. It was like, no matter how hard they tried, they couldn't regroup. It's like, as as soon as one started getting close, the the other group would pull away. And it's like, man, it just looked brutal because the weather was nasty. And it was at the end. Everybody was so tired. Um, and who was it? And oh shoot, who's the Lotto Yumbo guy that I like? I'm going blank. Not Van Summeren. Um, Van something. Oh, who was it? <laughs> uh, Van Mark. Yeah, set Van Mark. Yeah, yep. He and was I'll, like in the third group of two, and it's like they were so close. It was him and the uh. The Belgian champion guy, Debuchier. Yeah. Oh, right. I keep forgetting he's Belgian champion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yay. Um, right. So it ended up like, so it was um, uh, Rolance was ahead of everybody. And then Van Mark attacked to chase. Oh, sorry. Vandenberg. Sorry. And so he was joined by Thomas, Van Mark, Paulini, Terpstra, Oss, and Debuchier. Mm-hmm. So it was all of them together. And it was... I don't know when they caught. I mean, obviously they caught Rollins at, at one point, but um, they once they were all together, it was a little bit. I mean, I don't know. It didn't seem like there was a really clear winner in the group because Terpster and Vandenberg, of course, are on the same team, but neither one of them is really good at sprinting, so can't necessarily wake it, make it up. Right. So I don't know. I'm kind of surprised it wasn't Terpstra. She's been real good. Mm-hmm. Thomas was in good form, but he is not proven. Because this was obviously before he won E3. Or no, yeah. no, that's not right. It was after. But he just won E3, so maybe he was exhausted. Van Mark didn't seem to be in good form. Paulini, I don't know. He just had to chase back on. So, could have been anybody. <laughs> But it was Paulini because he attacked right at the right moment. Well, and then the people behind him waited just a little bit too long. And then he was gone. Yeah. So. Okay. So. Uh, sorry. <laughs> My brain's spinning around. So it was the, the three groups of two. That was, I thought, the most exciting part of the race. Right. And they just couldn't regroup. And then they finally kind of came back together eventually. And that was right at that 7K to go. And at six k to go, they were they were all kind of eyeing each other, trying to figure out if somebody was going to go for the long flyer. And I thought what had happened when I was watching it live was that Paolini did that oh I got thrown out in front move, and he just stuck it and took off. But there's a video of the last fifteen k, and I watched that again. And man, when that happens, okay, so they come back together, and the exciting thing was they're kind of all thinking about attacking each other not really doing it and paulini's a crafty dude 
You know, he's a little sneaky. He is a dude. And he did like the little fake attack for five pedal strokes where it's like, okay, I'm going to sprint and see who comes after me, you know, and it's like just a test. And it was, it was so cool. You have to go watch this, that when he does that little move, everybody kind of looks like, okay, should we chase? And as soon as he stops putting the power to the pedals and everybody kind of goes, okay, that was just a fake. He stays seated and just motors. And before anybody can catch it, he's, you know, 20 yards down the road and just sticking it. And at that point he was committed. And it was that, that move that just a tiny bit of gap, everybody's wasted. Nobody knows who's going to chase you down. And if nobody moves right at that second, you're gone. And yeah, he just committed at that point and it was, it was fantastic. But just to do like that little said, test move and then sit down and let everybody think it was a fake and then just motor, was so sneaky. That felt like a, like a Fabian Conchalara move. It was, yeah, it was kind of like, you know, put it in the big ring and just kind of slowly sneak away right. while you're sitting. I mean, like I said, Paulini, clever and strong and lucky. <laughs> like, he had the trifecta. Yeah, that was that good. day. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was very very cool race to win. As much as I'm not really a big fan of like you know solo wins, just because they're slightly less interesting. However, when it happens so close, and especially when they're kind of like right behind him the whole time, mm-hmm. I mean that's crazy. And I just say this just flies in the face of. You know, all those marginal gains comments. <laughs> but I mean, Thomas looked like he might close it down if he had a little bit more yeah. power, but he was wasted too. Everybody was so I th- just tanked. Right. I think so. And kind of like what you said, everybody's kind of right on that rivet. So they're like, well, we don't want to chase him. We don't want to expend that energy to chase him down if this is just a fake out. Right. And because he kind of did that fake out, I think that's why he was able to kind of get away. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just think that it was a very clever move. And it really, I was really, really impressed with Paulini. Well, and to hold it from 6K was pretty fantastic. Uh But that just also shows how tired everybody was. Yeah. Well, that's part of it, too. I mean, I think that (laughs) that played an effort in other races as well. Sure. Um I'd say, I mean, definitely in Flanders. So I think that was an effort, uh, a, a factor there too. So yeah, when I when I saw it happen, I gave him tons of credit for sticking that move when he found himself out in front. But then when I watched it again, realized, oh, he put himself out in front. Right, yeah, that right. Was, it was even better. It's like, okay, big props. That was an awesome move. Big props. So that was a great race. It was fun to watch. Mainly because it was lots of carnage, which seems mean to say that, but it's true. Okay. Um, Flanders was just happened recently. That's our most recent race, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you say, I'm turning the tables on you. Oh, no. What would you say was the most, What what was the question you phrased to me at the beginning? Oh, I don't know. What was... Uh, 
It was a clever question. It's like what? What was the most surprising me. to you? Uh, let's <laughs> think for for Flanders. Yeah. The Shimano team cars or the neutral support cars? Ah uh, ha ha! Sorry. <laughs> I do have something to say about that. The craziness. <laughs> uh, Andre Greipel. Greipel. I guess yeah. people going nuts over Greipel. Gorilla. I, I didn't understand that, but okay. It was. I mean, <laughs> it was like I think he attacked maybe three times, like just trying. I don't know. It just felt like one of those like. Hail Mary things. Maybe I'll try it this time. Maybe I'll try it this time. And it just, you know, it just wasn't lucky. Well, I think it's that that thing. If you're slow, get in front of the group before the hill, and you can drop back during the hill, and at the top of the hill, you're not as far back. Yeah, yeah. And so he That's would attack, and everybody would go nuts, like, Greipel's going for it. It's like, no, there's a hill coming up, and <laughs> he would get caught and drift back. <laughs> you're like, I hate to break it to you, guys. But, but I, basically, he's just trying not to get dropped. I was impressed at where he ended up at the top. I mean, he was still getting up there pretty strong, so... Yeah, it wasn't like he was way left behind at the top, but he did pretty well, so that was good. He did. He made that tactic work. Un... Yeah, well, not really. But he wasn't because... the finish, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't count if you don't end up in the finish. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I thought that... I think it was very interesting to me because, I mean, okay, I haven't been watching this race for a super long time, and I'm not even that familiar with how, I don't even, I barely even pay attention year to year to, like, how things are. But anyway, the point is, it does sort of feel like people are still, the people are still trying to figure out this race. Because, you know, everyone's always saying, oh, the iconic hills, the Kemmelberg, the Petterberg, the whatever, Tyenberg, you know, mm-hmm. a couple more, you know, like these are the hills where they're all made. And I was like, but like the winning move was made on the Kausberg. Like kind of a, I don't know, to me, it's like, I didn't even know, I was, didn't even know anything about this Berg. I never right, even heard right. of it before. You know, so it was just kind of like, kind of just happened <laughs> you know without anybody it was like oh well that was a little bit anticlimactic because it's always a bit more climate you know what's the hill that tom boonen would always or the the berg that probably the powder you know there's the right you know that was less like tom boonen's attack hill but i mean nothing was happening <laughs> so that was kind of interesting to me i had to think back and i was like when did that attack happen because it certainly wasn't on any of the you know quote famous birds so i think they loop these so, guys around so many times and go up those hills so many times they just get yeah. dizzy by the end it's like doing the baseball bat you know put your forehead uh-huh. on it, spin around <laughs> it's like they probably it's like how many times we have to go i forget but i felt like as fans it's like yeah make them go up it 20 times and it'll be a great race but i think what happens when you do that is they all wait till that last time. Yeah. And then it ends up playing out, you know, well, the same way it was going to happen. Isn't that how it often, isn't that how it often is, especially like in mountain stages, you know, like, oh, it's going to be amazing. It's so, it's like three poor category climbs or whatever. Exactly. And everybody yeah. waits until the last yeah. one to do anything because you can't, don't want to burn yourself out. But the classics lend themselves to breakaways and craziness and things I can happen so. that, that pull that plug and that doesn't happen that way 
all the time. Right. But I think right. this one, it, it got so long and so many climbs that I think they just rode it, like you're saying, like one of those mountain stage races that we all want to see fireworks, but it doesn't happen until the last 5K. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. This one, you know, I think it was, let's see, they went, I think it was like 29 to go. I think Terpstra, again, kind of, he had the cleverness and the timing right, but he did not have luck on his side (laughs) because... Because he had Kristoff on his backside. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Because Kristoff went with him. It was not Lady Luck. Um, So he was able... No, (laughs) Lady Luck was not on his side. (laughs) It's like the anti-luck. So I'm sure he was pretty irritated or like, it's like, God damn it. If everybody that could come with me, <laughs> why did it have to right, be him? Right, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it is what it is. I, I, I'm also very impressed that he gave it a good go. Like he didn't sit up. He's like, oh, forget it. I'm not even going to try. You know, yeah, he, he committed, yeah. uh-huh. really committed. And he took polls pretty much not... I mean, he wasn't in the front as much as Kristoff was, but he was definitely, you know, in the wind quite a bit. Oh, yeah. They were both working to make it happen. Right. Until probably the last 3K. Like, that's kind of when he was like, okay, I got nothing left. Well, right. If he's got any chance, he has to sit on Kristoff's wheel for at least a little bit. Right. And I was just really impressed because I didn't expect, you know, I didn't expect it to stay away. And they really, because he had a lot of chase groups, and it was to be like 50 seconds, 15 seconds, maybe not that close, but it was just like kind of kept going yo-yoing up and down, and then be a minute, and then it'd be 30 seconds, you know? So mm-hmm. I I didn't think they were going to get it. Okay. Um. And just because there was, you know, there was still quite a bit of climbing left. So, but I was, I think I watched like the How the Wasters one, and he was saying that, you know, the roads don't really lend themselves to really aggressive chasing because they're kind of twisty and smaller so mm. it's harder to do that but i just see chris or not Christoph. i see terpstra as this huge motor you know that from 20k out you can't trust him because he can attack you anywhere in there and then just ride to the line so i thought okay he's got Christoph with him but he mm. still has a chance and kept waiting for him to make that move from 10k down to 5k i thought you got to do it now and everybody seem to be on the same page like make it happen go go (laughs) this is your chance but then after afterwards you read his article and it was about or his interview and he said uh yeah it was just it was just keeping away and enough energy to make it to the finish and he just didn't he knew he didn't have the power to drop Kristoff at any point so his only chance was to stay with him to make it successful and then try to come around him at the line. He, yeah. And that was his only, his only shot in his mind. So the, yeah, the thing we were all hoping for at home was just not even a factor. Cause you know, at, by the end of that race, he just didn't have it. I mean, it was pretty clear to me when I first saw, it, I was like, why is he not even bothering to sprint? Like he just gave it to him. Oh my God. And then I kind of watched again. And I was like, Oh right. He is like gas. He came he has up. Nothing left. He came up to like half of Kristoff's bike length and you should, yeah, yeah, he just was giving it everything he had. And Kristoff just like, boop. 
<laughs> I'm done with you now. So I was like, I'm done. And at that point, it's like, yeah, uh, that was it. That's all he had. Right. I was impressed that he even stayed on that long. I mean, yeah, he just looked. It, yeah. It was a good was finish. Destroyed. Yeah. It was, he was destroyed. It was mm-hmm. very good. It was very good. It didn't make sense first, but then I looked at it again. I was like, all right, yeah. He's just, I mean, he can't because he doesn't have anything there. So, yeah. Uh, uh, Funny fact, Stebar lost one of his tooth. What was with that? I missed that story. I I saw one quick picture. I don't, I didn't actually read it. I didn't actually read anything about it, but I think he has like a, a, what's that called? Like a fake Like a bridge, like a hockey a bridge, yeah. Mm-hmm. Enamel, whatever. Um, and he... I think the cobbles just <laughs> knocked it out. So that really did happen. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Uh, someone was like, it looks like a, he looks like a hockey player. And I was like, oh my god, he totally does. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot more of those guys have that. Yeah, I they do crash a lot. Uh, let me see. I trying to find the article oh, here we go <laughs> Stebarth teeth rattled loose on cobbles of flanders oh all right i'm a bigger fan God. yeah that's, that's he lost three of his front teeth during a major bunch sprint that crash at the end of last season in the ineco tour mm. Oh, he also fractured the bone in his upper jaw and currently wears a temporary bridge with false teeth. The dental work came loose before it started Bianca and was re-cemented, but rattled loose once more in the second ascent <laughs> of the Cormont. Oh, no. <gasps> oh, God. Oh, poor guy. I vaguely remember that race last year. <laughs> After the finish, Stebar preferred not to talk with the media because of his teeth problems. Oh. <laughs> Poor guy. <coughs> it is not the best feeling to ride without teeth. <laughs> well, that's got to be different. Oh, poor guy. Yikes. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's like ter- terrible and hilarious at the same time. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So... I read this in one of the articles that I looked at. Their question was posed, you know, did Flanders, you know, is missing because Boonin and Cancellara weren't there. And I would say no. Agreed. Because. <laughs> I'm with you. I mean, not to put too fine a point on it, but just because they're there doesn't mean they're actually going to do anything. And Cancellara, let's be honest, has not. You know, I mean, the past couple of years, he has not exactly been the winner of all races. You know, just because he's in a race, it's same thing for Boonin and Cancellara. Right. right. You know, well, they're kind re- of entering that phase of their career where they're perhaps on, you know, not I want I won't say the twilight of their career, but they're not, you know, the powerhouses winning everything, crushing all before them phase of their career. Exactly. But I think Cancellara did prove Strata Bianca that he could mix it up still it I has think, plenty of well, power so yeah we don't yes. know what move he would have been in or what group he might have hung with in some of those finishes where you know they were split up in little small bunches you know yeah he could have played a factor but I mean either one of them could 
But it's too hard to say. I mean, I think it was plenty exciting without him. So. Yep. <laughs> I think, like I said, you got to have luck. You got to have yeah, <laughs> the we... legs. You got to have uh, the timing just right yeah. and the skill. And, you know, you can't have that every single race. So I don't know. Yeah, it's disappointing, but I felt that felt a little bit over the overly much to say that, you know, the race was not as good without them because I mean, I don't know. Right. Just because you're a favorite, that doesn't mean anything, you know. <laughs> um, I think I'm, so. I want to talk. I have some topics. Well, people mostly. Oh no. You know, just like things that have made impressions on me so far. Okay. Um what we've watched so obviously garrett thomas has been really quite impressive i mean not just winning e3 but just kind of playing in the mix so we talked a little bit about him already but you know he's been a major factor in a lot of the he really has and even if he's not you know necessarily contesting the finish or like finishing second or third on the podium he's up there at the front a lot you know in some of the final decisive moves and breaks Exactly. And he's he's initiating a lot more. Like I feel like he's initiating breaks a lot more or like attacks, mm-hmm. solo moves. They don't always play out, but you know, you don't know until you try. <laughs> um BMC is been weird <laughs> because they just can't seem to get anything. Like they've got I mean basically Daniel Oss and Greg Van Evermet, both have been very active this season. And Jill Bear, you know, to a certain degree. But, like, Austin Van Evermet have been really active, but just have not been able to do anything with it yet. Right, right. So I'm not sure what's happening there, if it's just not, you know, if he's missing one of the trifecta or what. But it's a little strange to me. (laughs) I'll say it. Gilbert has to go, and then one of the two of them can really have some success. Well, I don't. I feel like Gilbert has not been in the equation for a while. He tries, and <laughs> he does, which I appreciate. And I don't know how much of the team's focus is on him or not. You know, so it's hard to say. Well, that's what I'm saying. I it hope it's not. Feel right. It doesn't feel like the the focus is on Gilbert anymore. It feels like the focus has shifted to Van Evermet. Right. Or Van Garderen. But I I feel like there's something off with Van Evermet. Like I, something's just not clicking. I mean, I mean, maybe, I don't know. Like I said, maybe just one of the trifecta is missing. Yeah, I see that with him and Peter Sagan. There's a lot of Peter Sagan haters. For sure out there that are all too pleased to not have him winning and then there's all the people that are questioning well, why isn't he winning every race <laughs> because it's impossible to win every race but I yeah those two guys they've been in the finale they've been where they need to be it just hasn't come together yet and maybe right. they made some small tactical things but yeah like we said it takes a split second you know one little bit of indecision and it's over at that one critical absolutely. moment. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. So I hope they have something come up this season. Because, you know, I like BMC and those guys have been trying so hard. Bless their hearts. 
<laughs> I think Van Avermaet's been showing better than he has in the past. I think he looks stronger. He looks better. Looks smarter. He seems more consistent. Even if he's consistently second or third, like, it's, you know, he's consistently up there. Right, right. He just seems to be racing smarter to me than in the past. I don't, yep. I don't know. Yeah. So he's starting to get, I think, that tactical brain. It's the experience and maturity. So now sh- yeah, for sure. And, you know, speaking of Dagon, let's talk about him. He has still hasn't quite figured out how to... I, ugh, sometimes I just feel like the wins have just been handed to him. And he hasn't quite figured out yet how to work for them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Or he set he his focus on different stuff. You know, I don't, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Uh, but the other thing is, like, he has been a factor, you know, in kind of, he was, you know, in Flanders. He was kind of right up there in the end. Right. Um, with with GVA. Yep. Um, Juan San Remo was there. Right. He's kind of been there, but just not quite all the way there. So it's I I feel I am nervous because he's on Tinkov's team. (laughs) And Tinkov to me has made it pretty clear his priority is wins (laughs) and he'll pay the money and I don't know. I'm just I I worry that like the pressure from Tinkov will be more. I mean, he says it's not, but I don't know. I and hear some of the stuff he says in, you know, interviews and whatnot. They're all characters. Makes me a little nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I am just afraid that Sagan went to Tinkov's team because of the money. Oh, yeah. And... Not because it was, like, perhaps the best environment for him to be in. Right. Right. So, I'm a little bit concerned about him. Not in a way that, like, I don't know. I just worry a little bit about his mental well-being in that situation (laughs) where pressure is high and you're maybe on a team with a... I mean, now there's no buffer. Now that Reese is gone. Right. There's no buffer. I think up to now he's been pretty good, at least the body language I can read in the interviews at just kind of sloughing off that pressure or that anxiety of, you know, where's that big win that you're looking for? And he's like, Hey, you know, sometimes I have it. Sometimes I don't. Oh, well. And you can kind of read when they're just saying that and when they just kind of feel it. And I think, I think he's okay. But yeah, yeah. the whole Tinkoff thing is <laughs> a mess. And it, it might yeah. work itself out by the end of the season. We don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, it makes me a little anxious when there doesn't seem to be anybody on the team that can kind of, like I say, act as a buffer between him and the riders. So, yeah. And, I mean, like, Reese is gone and Contador is still on that team. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Well, Contador's got Those, his own and staff. They're buds. You know, they've been working together for a long time. Yeah. I'm just, I just hope he didn't shoot himself in the foot 
I just I have a feeling Contador has his own group around him, his own posse. Yeah, but wasn't Reese part of that? Uh, outside, I think. I think he's got a Spanish team of hmm. yeah, staff. I would agree with that. And I don't know if Sagan has that or Contador not. Contador I'm not as concerned about. Yeah. Right. Contador I'm not as concerned about because he's older, more mature. He's made it pretty clear that he's just got a couple seasons left. He's how has his entourage with him. Sagan, <laughs> it's different. He's younger. He I think I would imagine he's going through a difficult time right now because like I said, everything's kinda come pretty easy to him and now all of a sudden it's not. And if you're on a team with more pressure, that's why I think Canada was so good for him. You know, the liquid gas, just because it didn't seem like there was a lot of pressure. It just kind of was. It, it was more together and more supported. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a little the more chaotic team. and everybody's on their own. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. Tinkoff feels, Tinkoff Saxo feels more scattered and crazy. And, you know, liquid gas, Garmin felt more. But I think by together. the time the Grand Tours I mean, come around, they'll pull it together and they'll have they'll have their ducks in a row. And, and it mean, is going to be a mess because they're going to have Contador and Sagan, who to support, how how do you you know spread your resources? It'll be tricky, right? But I don't. I mean, I don't think Sagan's a guy that needs a lot of you know lead out and stuff like that. When it happens, it he happens. He does it, but he and when he is. He is changing as a rider, so. Yeah, and these are those critical years that he's either going to flourish and become amazing, or he could fade. Yeah, we don't know. I mean, that's kind of my point. Like, yep. you know, if he doesn't have the right support team around him, whatever, it could be bad. So, so anyway. um, well, Enough about Sagan. <laughs> Let's see who else. Obviously, we lost all our second hater listeners. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. I'm like indifferent. Sometimes this cocky attitude gets on my nerves, but generally, I, I, he doesn't bother me that much. I kind of appreciate his sort of unbridled appreciation and excitement about winning and being the best and whatever. Agreed. And it just feels innocent, you know? Feels like it's coming from a very innocent place, so it doesn't bother me as much as someone who feels like who's very self aware and like cocky as well it really does anyway uh, whether yeah. it's an act and he's fooling all of us or not i don't know <laughs> i am not convinced that he's smart enough to I do don't... that but maybe who knows <laughs> so right so okay. coming Chris, up uh, i'm not oh go ahead oh i just wanted to talk about terpstra who seems another guy who's just like just a little bit out of his grasp all oh, the race wins are just so close yet so far. <laughs> Hopefully he'll get his chance. He's had his success and he'll come back to it, I think. Yeah, he's... I Yeah, he's fine. But he's been very active and it's been kind of exciting to see. But I'm, I would be ready for him to have a win, I think. Well, and Edix Quickstep is just, you know, so loaded with yeah. players. Edix, yeah. Hmm. Anyway... Uh yes, as you said, coming up next is Shell Debris. Well, <laughs> yeah, I know everyone's waiting for That'll that be one tomorrow, <laughs> and we probably won't have this posted by then. Oh, so no, read about not, it. No. We'll cover it next time elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, then it's Perry Roubaix. Perry Roubaix is the one everybody's looking for. I know, and I probably won't be able to watch it, which makes me a little sad, but that's how it is. Uh, then Amstel Gold the weekend the week after. So who's gonna win Perry Roubaix? Oh, Wiggins, obviously. Okay, good. Team Wiggins, we're on it. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. And wagon starts here. Winning. You know who wins it? Whoever wins it. <laughs> Anna is really tired, everybody. I'm deep. I don't know. It's just like I said, predictions. <laughs> like, I, you know, I'm just not into that. Like, whatever. Whoever wins, wins. It doesn't even matter. Even if the favorites. True. You know, whoever's got the most luck, the best legs. For some and the whacked out brain. reason, I really want Wiggins to win. I kind of do too. Which means he'll <laughs> just to see the implosion. Yeah, he'll never come close with me on his side. I mean, I'm not convinced that he will just because he hasn't had a super strong season so far. But you know, if he's been you know laying low, he's been rocking some time trials and strike. seems yep. focused on it from a long he's way like out. A, and that's what it takes for that guy. He's like a snake, you know. Get he's like coiled and ready to strike. <laughs> but like we've seen all year though it takes smarts it takes being at the right place at the right time and knowing which way to go yep exactly so it'll be good yeah mix it out hopefully i'm sad i won't be able to watch but you all enjoy it for me <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you guys so much for listening for another week our ramblings uh so my name is Anna again, and you can find me on Twitter at either at Blooming Cyclist or at the um, at Pelotonitis, which is our podcast handle. And I'm on Twitter at cfiddy c underscore f i d d y. Let us know what we can do better. Let us know if you want to be a guest on the podcast. Oh yeah, we love guests. <laughs> and uh, thanks for listening. Tell a friend. Thanks for listening. All right. <laughs> Is that a wrap?